0: Well, if you would, take out your Bibles, and we're going to be in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to look at just a few verses that the Apostle Paul gives us, and I always remember this about the Apostle Paul when I I look at his readings. Many of the New Testament writings that he did, in fact, several we call the prison epistles. Why? He was writing to prisoners. No, he was in prison himself so when you read over 24 times that he uses the word joy in his circumstances, let us also be people that can, regardless of circumstance, that can look and and take that word joy and filter it in in our heart. You know, um, Thanksgiving week, as I said, you know, we celebrate as Americans, and, and you know this over the years. It now gets squeezed and squeezed smaller. You know, Halloween becomes so loud in our culture. And then, you know, it seems like once October 31st was over and you hit November 1st, everything's Christmas. But somehow everybody stops on Thanksgiving, not necessarily to give thanks, but to eat and to watch football and to, you know, be with family or have to see family once a year. You know, and I was we were reading something the other night that was really funny. It says, Thanksgiving week is a lot like daylight savings daylight savings you turn your clock back or forward thanksgiving week you get to turn your scales back 10 pounds <laughs> so 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2 in fact the apostle paul says this at the beginning of that book he says we give thanks to god always for you all making mention of you in our prayers we give thanks Always. We give thanks always. And then the three verses that I really want to look at today in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18, are these. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's all read that verse together. It's a good one. To read. Ready? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, the Passion Translation says it this way Let your joy be a continual feast, make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ. I like that. Always be giving thanks. One of the stories that I always love to remember around Thanksgiving is a story of John and his parrot. In fact, a young man by the name of John received a parrot as a gift. The parrot not only had a bad attitude, but he had even a worse vocabulary. Every word out of the bird's mouth was rude and obnoxious and laced with profanity. John tried and tried and tried to change the bird's attitude by constantly saying only polite words, playing soft music, and anything else that he could think of to, be, to clean up the bird's vocabulary. Finally, John was so fed up with the parrot that he yelled at the parrot, and the parrot yelled back. John grabbed and shook the parrot, and the parrot got angrier, ruder, and even cursed out John. John, in desperation, threw up his hands. He grabbed the bird and put him in the freezer. For a few minutes, the parrot squawked and kicked and screamed, then suddenly There was total quiet. Not a peep was heard for over a minute. Fearing that he'd hurt the parrot, John quickly opened the door to the freezer and the parrot calmly stepped out into John's outstretched arms and said, I believe I may have offended you (laughs) with my rude behavior, language, and actions. I sincerely am remorseful for my inappropriate transgressions and I fully intend to do everything I can to correct my rude and unforgivable behavior. I am thankful for you, John." John was stunned and then very curious at the change in the bird's attitude. As he was about to ask the parrot what had made such a dramatic change in his behavior, the bird continued, "'May I ask what the turkey did?' Some of you might get that on the way home. Oh, I get it. it. (laughs) You know, one of the things when we read the Bible, all of the things that God tells us to do really depend upon us living by faith, and they always look and seem impossible, I don't think Joshua, when God said, take Jericho, thought that that was an easy thing to do, especially with God, with what he told them to do. So everything that God tells us to do requires us to live by faith and requires us to look and say, I need and I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit at work in my life. He's going to show me what to do and he's going to have me keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. So God is the one that's going to command us to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Think about this, though. Our world is so self-centered. It's the you owe me, I get what I deserve. And yet the world takes for granted all of the blessings that God has given you know, and if you follow social media, not everybody's like this, but somebody posts something about something that they got, and somebody then has to post something about something they got better of somebody that you got, and then they, somebody else gets on there to post something that they got better and better and better than you. It's self-becomes self-centered rather than Christ-centered, God-centered. And so we're going to come back to that bit of here's what the Apostle Paul's going to say through the Holy Spirit, rejoice. Always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of Christ Jesus in you. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we won't look at it, but verse, in fact, the first few verses, Paul tells the church this, you need to be awake and alive because the day of the Lord is coming. And in the day of the Lord, in fact, he uses this analogy, and we've probably heard this over the years, uh, He's going to come back, and it's going to be like a thief in the night. You're not going to know when he's going to come, but he's coming back. That awakens us to remind us Jesus is coming back, right? He is coming back. He hasn't forgot about us. His time is different than our time. In fact, that's where the Apostle Paul says, you know, you're not going to discern the times or the different seasons. It's going to be like a thief in the night. So he's waking up the church. It's almost like, in fact, look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, wake up, right, Tom? Wake up, right? He's waking up the church to be awake. Really, all of 1 Thessalonians really doesn't have to do with any correction in the church. Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit this encouraging, to be encouraged. And even when we say the day of the Lord, we're to be encouraged that Jesus is coming back. But then he writes these words, and I want to read it again out of verse 16. That would be the verse you'd want to memorize. I've got to memorize scripture. All right, I'm going to do 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. I'm done. No, 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 no. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, everybody say everything. everything. Right? In everything give thanks, for this is the will Of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's take that word rejoice. Some of your translations might put the word joy in there. Joy isn't based on a situation. Joy is based on that you are in Christ Jesus. You can get a phone call and you can be in joy or you can get a phone call and it discourages you, but you got to get back in joy because the joy of the Lord comes from being in Christ. And as I said earlier, there's at least 24 different times that the Apostle Paul is going to write for us the word joy. So look at a different neighbor and tell him, just look at him and say joy. Now that's not a word we use, is it? I don't wake up the cake, get up, joy, it's not really a word, joy is a word we only think at Christmas time, somebody's got a Christmas ornament on it, it says joy, but joy is one of those parts that we read in here that we're to do always, rejoice, always, and then he goes into this, pray without ceasing, pray, how do you do that? Sorry, I can't talk to you right now, Mimi. I'm praying without ceasing. In fact, you made me stop. Now I'm off of ceasing. i got to get it back on ceasing. You distracted me. Is that what he's talking about? You know, and I made a list because I've had people over the years ask. and In fact, they'll say it's difficult to get a prayer schedule down. So I'll always start and I'll say, hey, at the start of your day, when you get up first thing in the morning, don't grab your phone and check the weather or the news or your email. Leave it aside and the first thing that you do in the morning is bless the name of the Lord. Open up your Bible and read his words. Don't get caught up in what's happening in the world because I can already tell you what's happening. It's not good, right? It's not good. Stop first and find out what the Lord is saying, right? First of your day. End of your day. Do the same thing. Don't get back on your phone to catch up on the bad news of the day or to find out who's doing what on what social media or an email that gets you all stirred up because it's about work the next day. Stop and end your day with reflecting back on God. What did he do for you all day long? Is there somewhere in the day that you can look and say, man, I thank God that I saw that today. Take time. You know, I'm surprised there's a lot of people meals they don't stop and thank the Lord. And sometimes if um, our family, if somebody sits down and starts eating first and I stop them and we stop and pray and I'll always pray and Lord everything with us blesses you today because somebody slipped in something early. But take time and pray. Be an example at a dinner table. If you're out at a restaurant take time to pray. Pray God's word. Pray the scriptures over the things that you do. In good situations, in tough situations throughout the day, we're to stop and we're to pray. It's to be part of our heart. It's a communication. You know, whenever, uh, in fact, it hasn't happened in a while, but when our kids were a little bit younger and their friends would come over, do you know what the first thing that they would say, am I Mr. Hoffman, how are you? Can I have your Wi-Fi password? That's the first thing the kids would say. In fact, you know what we ended up doing? Michelle ended up making in a, Frame, of course, our Wi Fi password and it sat right as you came in our house because that's what the kids wanted, right? Hi, hey, Mr. Hoffman, how are you? Yeah, you really don't want how, well, how I am. You want my Wi Fi password. You want to play your games. But they're a connected generation. We're a connected generation. We're used to, to being con- Have you ever left your phone at home and left throughout the day and you felt like, I feel naked? I, what did I miss? Who called me? Who, who texted who, who needed me? And you finally get it, nobody called you, nobody texted you, but you felt right. Well, we're so connected. Here's what Jesus expected, though. Jesus expected the early church and the believers to be devoted to prayer. He gave us that example. He was the one when they couldn't find him, was praying. He was the one before the cross that was found praying when everybody else was asleep. He gave us that example that he was devoted to staying connected to his father, praying without ceasing, not stopping. And it's a conversation. Think about it. I can have a conversation here on earth in heaven with my father by just praying. I can have a conversation. You know, it's one thing to get on the phone and have a conversation with somebody. It's another thing to go face to face. I can have that I can connect with heaven when I pray. I also tell people this, if you're learning how to pray, open the book of Psalms. Find a psalm and read a psalm and use that as a prayer because David has great prayers and they're worshipful prayers of him praying to God. So I rejoice always. I pray without ceasing and then he goes on and he says in everything give thanks. You know that's a spiritual discipline and a spiritual exercise for us because when we give thanks, it makes us strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord when I give him thanks. You know, we read that Psalm 100. I was reading that again this morning. It's he that made us and not we ourselves. Well, we think, well, of course I couldn't, I couldn't make anything. No, it's he that created all of this and not us. And so we rely on him, and we trust in him. You know, we forget, and that's why David said in Psalm 103, don't forget your benefits. Do you know in the next 24 hours, your heart will beat 100,000 times? Isn't that amazing? 100,000 times. And David would write this, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. By your father, right? So in every, think about it. My heart just beat in that last minute probably 60 or 70 or 80 times. Or maybe because of the caffeine 100, right? Whatever it was. But I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So I can stop and give him thanks. The thing that you, if we were to, I, and I thought about this thing. If we were to listen what is being said in heaven, all we would hear is Gratitude. If we were to hear and stop and hear what's happening in hell, it would all be grumbling and complaining. In everything, give thanks. Rejoicing is a choice that I make. I make a choice to rejoice. I can remind myself, I can pray without ceasing. I can keep that connection and communication and I can be grateful And I can feel thankful for what God is doing because he's placed that before us. You know, the book of James in chapter one, verse two and three, he writes this words. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Do you think, he had to have wrote that wrong, right? It shouldn't be count it all joy because everything's going so well. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience that's the word we don't like patience is it patience the testing of my faith I have to be patient I have to learn to be long-suffering I have to learn to be trusting his time I can count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience somebody here might be thinking man I've been tested a lot right You need to have that joy. Well, I want to look at Psalm chapter 1. And one of the things that the the Psalm 1 kind of starts out for us that's recorded. And as David writes this, he says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Notice the delight is in the law of God, or we could say this, the delight is in the word of God. And in his word, he meditates day and night. And verse 3 tells us the fruit of what takes place. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. What's the way of the righteous? Delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and night. Then we read in verse 4 or verse 3, it produces a fruit. You know, fruit doesn't, you can't go to Home Depot this afternoon and buy a fruit tree and plant it and go out tomorrow to pick an apple. Can you? Unless you cheated and you bought one that already had apples on it. No, it takes time. But that doesn't mean it's not getting water. It doesn't mean it's not getting fertilizer. It doesn't mean it's not getting sun. It's one of those things that takes time. It takes time to produce fruit. That's why we read giving thanks always, right? It's a continual part. Rejoicing always, praying always. We're building into our lives that fruit. We're being patient because here's what we know. That fruit is going to come. But I've got to be patient in that time and I've got to foster that relationship with the Lord. And that's why, and and many times we end and look at this verse in Hebrews 12, verse 2, that says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set, Before him. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. Despised the shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Joy before the cross. I don't know of anybody who has surgery in the next couple days. That is excited about going. I just can't wait to get cut open the greatest thing in the world nobody thinks about that everyone thinks how do i get out of it the joy of jesus was that he could be reconciled right he would become that sin offering he would become our salvation he would become by the stripes we were healed that joy to him was that relationship that would be bought back by him and reconnected with the father There was a joy, a rejoicing about him, what he was about to endure. You know, you read in Isaiah, he's going to be marred more than any other man. He's going to be unrecognizable. And he knew that. He's the word. He knows what's going to happen, but a joy overwhelms him that he would surrender himself to do so. And in giving thanks to God, he'd do it anyways for the opportunity to have a relationship back with us. If the joy that Jesus showed and promised is real and you believe him, then there's no situation that can steal your thanks. If that joy is real and deposited in you, there's nothing that can steal your thanks. So last week I had this verse down and I, and I didn't know if I would use it this week. You know, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So last Saturday night, as I was already in bed, and Michelle was with her mom at an event, she had called me, it was probably 10 o'clock at night, and so she was trying to um, say the right words, probably not to alarm me, that somebody had ran into our car. But they stayed, because they were at an event, just to pass off their insurance stuff. And so, of course, I go right into those questions of, well, is it drivable, right? Are you, you know, I, did, I, I usually say, are you okay? But she wasn't in the car. That would have been my first one. Is it drivable? It's drivable. The guy says that his family has body shops and he can fix it. No, 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 yeah, we don't do that, right? Um, so he left his insurance. And I, you know, it was one of those things that just kind of irritating, right? You're going to bed Saturday night thinking of services the next day and somebody hits your car. Out of all the cars in that parking lot, why did they hit mine? Well, to try to steal your joy. Isn't that what it is? They hit my car, right? They hit my car. Well, on Sunday night, I was already asleep. And my, my son had come in to, to try to wake me up. And I still was out of it. And he said, there's a threat of a school shooting at my school tomorrow. And so school is canceled. And so I was... I was out of it, right? I was probably looking at him like, what? School's canceled tomorrow? A threat of a shooting. Oh, okay. Well, I went back to bed. Well, I woke up first thing in the morning like, did I? Ever do, did I hear that right? Did, and I, I didn't jump up and like respond. Like get up in the morning and get up early. And then I saw the screenshots from the boy that had sent it through a video gaming and it said these words, it used the initial WC for WC is gonna get shot up tomorrow, an active shooter's gonna be there. And then it went on to list three boys' names. And it said, tell this boy, Mav, and another one to watch out. Oh my goodness, I don't know about you, that woke me up. I drove first thing to the school. School was shut down that day. There were already police officers, There was some of the administrators. And, you know, I mean, you're reading this and we're watching the news. We've seen this thing happen all over the U.S. But all of a sudden, something had happened or transpired. Whether it was intentional or not, something got posted out there. And so, man, it hits home, right? I'm reading this verse, rejoice always. No, I want to find this kid, right, and let him rejoice. (laughs) In the trunk of my car. Pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks. No, no. He he didn't mean 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 for this situation, right? That's to kind of put off, this is a different situation. This is lay hands on the sick and they won't recover. No, you don't do that. This is a whole different situation. So it didn't hit us till probably late Monday. Was it Monday? That it kind of hit us both of, oh my goodness. Like, this was real. You see it on the news at night. You know, and, and uh, you know, there's other follow-up stuff that, that we had done. But I go back to this verse because I go back to the Word of God. And it's Jesus is, on the back wall, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if the Apostle Paul is going to write this because of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to him, and if he's going to say, rejoice always, Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks. I have to filter that through every single situation that I say, I don't understand this situation, but God, I rejoice in you that there was an alert, right? I take time to pray, not a, a prayer of fear. Our prayers should never be in fear. Our prayers should always be in faith for what God is going to do. And I give you thanks ahead of time that whatever was going to take place or not take place or if even with somebody that thought they were just going to be tough on some platform, that God, you stopped whatever was going to take place, right? There's no fear that's going to come near my dwelling place. And those are things that we, we read over our kids, that we pray over our kids. But when you're walking through, you know, the car doesn't matter what the guy ran over the car anymore when you hit this situation. But I'm still supposed to rejoice always. I'm to pray without ceasing. And in everything, I give thanks for this. Is, let me uh, close with the Passion Translation. In fact, if you would today, bow your, your heads and close your eyes. I want you just to hear this as God even speaking to you personally. Let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving Thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. So Father, we filter every situation through this verse. We rejoice always. We pray without ceasing and we always give you thanks. Especially when I don't want to, when I don't understand what's going on. When I didn't feel like it went my way, I rejoice always. I come back to Jesus. I look to him for my strength, my life, my hope, my direction, my peace. And I thank you, Father, you never disappoint. You're always with us. But Father, I pray today that joy that was in Jesus... I thank you that it's already in me, but I pray, teach me to live rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never confessed him as your Savior, maybe you've heard about it, maybe you've never have, we're going to pray a prayer, all of us together, and I'd like you to pray this. But as the Bible says, pray it from your heart as we confess him with our mouth. Let's all pray this together. Ready? Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he lived and that he died for me. I accept him as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me into your family. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In fact, if you said that today and it was a first time or maybe even rededicated your life, please connect with us at the end of service so we can pray with you. Let's stand up real quick. We're going to close uh, in a chorus. and Michelle will come up and dismiss us.
1: besides trying to get ready for Christmas and decorating and all that stuff, and we have all this funky, crazy stuff going on at the school, there was a lesson to be learned, and that was this, and it ties right in with the message. If you don't already have on the inside of you the word, if you don't already have on the inside of you a reservoir of joy, If you don't already have on the inside of you the strong tower, when things come to shake and rock your world, it will be shook and it will rock. I have to admit on Monday at about one o'clock in the afternoon, that's when I think it all hit me. Crap, what happened Sunday night? Dang! What just went on? What were all those conversations I was having with the principal? Wait a minute. The police department's involved. What did those text messages say? And why was Maverick's name in there? One o'clock on Monday. I thought, you know what? What the enemy meant to rock us. God, he is so deep on the inside here, he cannot mess, and he can't mess with my own. Because he is a strong tower, and when his word says, rejoice always, I'm telling you, I had parents calling me, Michelle, Michelle, we're praying for you, we're praying for you, and I in turn told them, why don't you go ahead and pray for the situation? God's got this. God's got this. And God's got you. So this morning, if you need your reservoir built up, if you need the bank account on the inside of you built up, I encourage you, get that word of yours and start making some deposits. Start making some deposits of getting the word on the inside. Start making some deposits of joy. When he says rejoice, make a deposit of rejoicing because there's going to come a situation that wants to rock you and you're going to have to make a withdrawal because you're not going to want to rejoice. But when you withdraw joy, you can rejoice always. Amen? Well, guess what we get to do today? We get to rejoice always and we get to decorate. We're going to decorate God's house because we're a family at this church. And you know what? Just like you decorate your home, we're going to decorate our church house together. So right after we dismiss, you are more than welcome to get pizza at the cart, the coffee cart. Um, Please come up and get food. Grab a bag. Get some snacks for your family for this week. Get some food for your Thanksgiving table. Grab something to eat. Come back and let's get this thing done. If you need prayer, please come up. We would love to pray with you. God bless and have a good day.